What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Hills Are Silent podcast, where we chop up in the gut about the games of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Got some good games to talk about. Definitely a horror-themed episode for you. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm talking like this, like Christopher Walken, <laughs> but I'm going to keep talking. So, without further ado, let's dive right in. Mitch, how you been, man? How you feeling? It's a weekday. I'm tired. Don't know where my energy is coming from. I'm pulling it out of thin air. How you holding up? Yeah, I'm around the same, but ramping up my busy time here at work. So I am also getting very annoyed at people, very tired of the of of the corporate uh, America that I am I am stuck in. But you know, I'm also here. I'm ener- I'm energized. I'm ready to go. And I'm excited to hear about the game that you are going to talk about. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Finally gotten to it. I know we talk about Resident Evil nonstop on this podcast, but it is a damn good franchise. And I've beaten just about every single Resident Evil that's ever been released. Uh, there may be a few scragglers. Like, I never beat that Game Boy Color game, but that's fine. I'll let that one slide. I don't... I don't feel the need to finish that one. Um, but anyway, there, as far as I recall, there are only three Resident Evils I have not completed. That is Resident Evil Outbreak uh, Volume 2 or File 2 or Chapter 2 or whatever it's called. Because you and I beat the first one earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Resident Evil 4 Remake, which just came out. But uh, I'm sure... I'll beat that eventually, just waiting for the price to come down a little bit, get a good deal on it, and then I'll crank through that one. But in the meantime, I've been going through the third and final Resident Evil game that I still need to beat, and that is Resident Evil 8 Village. So my mama, bless her heart, got me this game for Christmas last year. So it has been sitting on my, my backlog for far too long. Finally popped it in the PlayStation 4, PlayStation 4 Pro, mind you. So, and yeah, we said it before, I'll say it again, man, that Resident Evil engine, oh, just runs like a charm on any console. It's just buttery smooth, just mm-hmm. smooth as butter, man. Uh, it looks so fantastic. And um, I gotta say, I was not super psyched to play this one because... I don't know. I had I had mixed feelings about Resident Evil 7. At some points I was really digging it, and at other points it just seemed like it was straying a little too far away from the typical Resident Evil gameplay and Resident Evil lore. So I was apprehensive about Resident Evil Village. Don't get me wrong, I liked Resident Evil 7 and I greatly appreciated that it was a return to form and more of an actual scary game unlike yeah. Resident Evil 4, 5, and 6 before it. But anyway, Resident Evil 8 started up right off the bat. I didn't like the characters. Didn't didn't like Ethan at Resident Evil 7. Still don't like him. He's just not Nobody a likable guy. Ethan. He's just... Nobody does. Wooden character, no personality. Um, his wife is just awful. She is just... There's no redeeming qualities about her. And it starts... The, the game starts out with the two of them at home. And of course they're arguing and bickering and it's just like a horrible relationship. Don't even don't even want to watch this. 
and then uh, I think like somebody breaks in and then Ethan wakes up and his wife's gone, his baby's been kidnapped and he's some for some reason in this village in the middle of who knows where. And after that intro, man, it it just sucked me in. I know a lot of people were saying that they weren't really pulled into Resident Evil Village, but I was. I don't know what they were talking about because this is like, I like it better than 7. I think it's more of a fine-tuned experience for what they were going for with 7. Like they kind of like just, just polished it up. And the graphics are absolutely amazing. Like everything looks so detailed and realistic. And in the first area that you really, the first level you really go into is, I can't even pronounce her name, but Lady Dimitrescu. Lady D. Everybody just said Lady D. Lady D. I'll call her Lady D. Uh, her mansion is just, man, there is so much detail in every room. It is just the most ballin' mansion ever with just all kinds of antiques and just crazy detail. And it just it's got this old look to it. I'd, I would just stop and like look at a bookshelf because it was just that detailed. And it was just, looks like master carpenters and master craftsmen and master antique makers made every little bit of this mansion. And it's also all super creepy because of it. And it, to me, it just feels like a perfect blend of that first person style gameplay that was established in Resident Evil 7. But it also has a lot of like throwbacks to Resident Evil 4. And I've said this before on older episodes, I did not like Resident Evil 4 when it first came out. Because to me, it was just horrible that it was just, it completely threw out all the horror elements of Resident Evil and just made it a pure action game. And I was really bitter about that. But then years later, I came back and played it um, with a fresh mind and I learned to appreciate it for what it was. And there are some great game mechanics that were established in Resident Evil 4 that I really think changed the industry. A lot of third-person shooters that followed Resident Evil 4 definitely borrowed from its formula. But Resident Evil Village, it just has that addictive gameplay of exploration, uh, tons of jump scares. It's just ridiculous how many times I jumped. <laughs> like, I would jump, I was in the bed with my fiance, and I'd be like, ah! And then she'd be like, what, what? And she'd, she'd jump, the cat would jump, and then she's like, why are you making everybody jump? I'm like, sorry, man, it's this game. There's even one point in the game where you walk into a house in the village and there's a note that says, look out the window. And as soon as I read that, I'm like, something's going to pop up when I look out the window. And I looked out the window. Guess what? Something popped up and it still made me jump. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, it's just it's it's very smooth. I feel like I feel like this game is more on the easier side. It is creepy but it's just been a breeze to get through. I think I've only died maybe, I don't know, three, four times maybe, and I'm almost at the end. Uh, I love all the the villains, because you're basically going from, from villain to villain. Like you're going to their house or their where they live in this village, yep. and you have to destroy them to collect a piece of your daughter, your baby daughter, who's been like torn apart into pieces, but apparently she's like immortal or something, so you're trying to gather all the pieces to put her back together and bring her back to life. Uh, but yeah, each character is like so unique. Um, their own personalities, their own layers. Layer. Mm -hmm. Their evil layer that you go through. 
it's like a, a maze, you know, typical Resident Evil stuff where doors are locked and you got to explore everything. And then at the end, you fight each main villain who transforms into some crazy looking monster. And they're all completely different. I mean, so much creativity went into this. It's just, man, it is just, this is it, man. This is, this is like the definition of video games is art. Just storytelling at its finest and just the most beautiful graphics on display. And just, yeah, it's, it's amazing. I'm on the very last, um, I guess, underboss or whatever. And I'm assuming there's going to be a final showdown with the main lady at the end, but I haven't gotten there yet. So I probably got, I don't know, maybe an hour and a half left and I'll be done with it. I was hoping to wrap it up before the podcast, but man, it's been so crazy busy with work. Yeah, you, uh, I don't know if you were trying to prevent a spoiler of sorts, but that the, sorry if this is a spoiler for people are playing the game, but at the very beginning, the person that breaks in is Chris Redfield who comes in to. That's right, yeah. Which uh, it's cool seeing him all like rough and rugged and looking very different from, you know, previous Chris's. So I'm assuming, yeah, now that you mention it, it was Chris that broke in. Uh, see, I played the first opening of the, I played the first opening of the the game like two months ago. Right. And then I picked it back up just last week so like the very beginning of the game is kind of foggy in my mind i completely forgot it was chris yeah and after that i've only run into chris a few more times so i'm wondering if towards the end he's going to play a bigger role but i guess that just remains to be seen you'll find out yes i'll find out uh but, but yeah uh, man. who's been your go ahead who's been say? your favorite uh villain uh, that you've uh taken out so far Okay, the intro was great. I did like Lady D's lair, but she I wouldn't say she was my favorite. Uh, the the probably the doll one. Me Be, too. Because it it was like the shortest level, but it was just and I hate that. Oh, it drives me nuts because I loved it. <laughs> yeah, it was so it was just that was the creepiest one. All the other ones I kind of was cranking through and it, yeah, I had it was a little bit of tension and a little bit of adrenaline rush and fear. But that level was like pure horror. And that part where all the lights go off and that giant baby monster comes around the hallway in the pitch dark, like crying it's terrifying oh my god oh i that was one of the times i jumped i was like oh i was like oh no 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 just something about it was just so terrible like a baby monster that just keeps crying and won't stop and it's just hunting you and you're in the pitch black except for what your flashlight can see oh man that's gonna haunt me for a long time yeah yeah i need to play it. i want to play it over again now hearing you talk about it dude the cool thing is they they actually introduced a third person mode uh, with the DLC. It's a third person mode, and then you obviously can do uh, the Winters DLC, which you play as the daughter. Yeah. And go back to the mansion. You know what? I'm not typically one to pick up DLC. Like my preferred method of playing DLC or getting DLC is waiting for a definitive edition to come out. I'm like, just oh, give yeah, me everything for one price. Like, don't piecemeal me the stuff. Like, I'm not into that. So when Resident Evil 7 
came out with the gold edition on PlayStation 4, I picked that up and it had the DLC on the disc. Now mm-hmm. they did make a Resident Evil Village uh, like definitive edition or gold yeah, gold edition that also comes with all the DLC. But if you buy it on the PlayStation 4, it's just the base game and then a voucher code. So it's not it, I'm like come on man, give me the DLC on disc. I want to dust this off 20 years from now and then play the complete experience. Hey now. Uh, but anyway, Think positively, all right? So, so I ended up just getting the... We talked about this. Oh, man, the volume keeps popping on in these videos, tripping me out. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I would love to have the, like, the physical gold edition, but since that's not a real option on this, I think this is one of those rare occasions that I will shell out the money by the season pass because I definitely want to play through through that Winter's DLC and try out the I third person. I have been I have it on my wish list on Xbox. I haven't committed to it yet just because I have an enormous backlog as well. Um, but I've been seeing it on sale for like 50% off, maybe around 15 bucks, like if that. So okay. 15, 20 bucks, I think it's pretty reasonable. I don't think the expansion is like super long, but then adding the third person mode might also make it, you know, worth it. Yeah. I wasn't a huge, like Resident Evil typically does not have that great a DLC. Um, like the Resident Evil 7 DLC, the like the added Chris campaign was like was okay, but then there was another DLC where you played as like the, the uncle, uncle or one of the family members or something, and it literally was just taking you through the same levels from the campaign. Like it didn't seem like anything was new; it was just recycled stuff. You're playing through. As I did like that you like literally were just punching everything as the uncle though. You yeah, just had that was, like contraption, just beating the crap out of them the whole time. It was kind of ridiculous, yeah, because he's just so overpowered. He's like a superhero, so it took like all the fear out of out of playing his portion. And then the V8, the lost tapes. I didn't play any of those. I I just, read those and they told people were like just skip those. Yeah, like, don't even worry about them. It just was like some. Simple like little trial modes or something that didn't really appeal to me. I want some story DLC, man. Give me that. Yes. Give me that delicious, rich story DLC. Yep. But yeah, man. Now that I beat this, we really got to play through Outbreak too. Like, I'm ready. I'm uh, yeah. I'm craving. Uh, you know, I'm I'm removed now from RE3, and uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to dive into another one. All right, cool. And then probably by the time we'll beat that. It'll be Christmas. I'll ask my dear mama. I'll be like, hey, will you give me will you give me Resident Evil 4 for Christmas? That's all I want. And then I'll play through that, and hopefully I'll be all caught <clears throat> caught up before they come out with another one. Yeah, I think of the ones I haven't beat now. I mean, if you don't count some of the originals, I've, I've played the remakes instead. But I, I still need to beat Zero. I never beat Zero. Okay. I need to beat 4 Remake. And then I Outbreak Volume 2. And then I, oh, then the Revelation ones. I haven't made either of those. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you can stomach it, go back and play the PlayStation 1 originals. One day, maybe. Yeah. There's another one I'm thinking of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Operation Raccoon City. Oh, oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I've played some of that. It's not, it's not horrible. Like I could, okay. I could see sitting down and playing through, but I feel like it's one of those games you have to play in co-op. It's like designed to be played in co-op. All right. Uh, I actually jumped in that game, I think maybe two years ago on PlayStation Three, and surprisingly, people were online. Like wow. I was able to join other people. I'm like, who? And first of all, this is the, 
this was like a critically panned game where like nobody liked it. How are there still people playing it on PlayStation 3 online like as recently as 2021? That's wild to me. Yeah, and same thing with Resident Evil Revelations, the first one. After I beat that campaign, there's like a, a online co-op mode and I hopped in it and yeah, people were playing it. I'm like, what the what the heck? And they're they're like that game, the co-op mode is not very robust. So I'm like, who is still like actively playing this continuously? Like this is something you jump in and like four hours later you've done it all. You're done. You've seen everything. Yeah. So just baffles me. But uh Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, man. Uh yeah, if we can get Operation Raccoon City up and running on PC co-op, I think we should give it a try. Absolutely. I know I think I think it was server based and I think all the servers have since shut down, but if it supports LAN play, like I've said in the past, if an online if a PC game supports LAN play, its online will live on forever because you can use those uh VPN tunneling software to make your own virtual private network so that you can still take advantage of the LAN play even though the servers are shut down. So if we can nice. if we can jimmy rig something like that together and play it, we should go through that one as well. All for it. And Revelations 2. That one, the first one's not full co-op. There's just like this single player, but there is like a small online co-op portion. But the second one is full co-op, and I'm down to play okay. that one with you. Uh, I had that one on PS4, but I think you have it on PC, right? I have it on Steam, yeah. Okay, I'll have to pick it up on PC. Uh, anyway, I've gone on long enough with Resident Evil. What have you been playing lately? Yeah, uh, this one I'm excited to talk about, uh, and it's really going to kind of fit the keep going with the horror theme that we have for this episode. And I am playing with some of my buddies, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, yeah. I'm interested to hear about this one because I loved those movies growing up. And I think that would make a good game. Yeah, so it, it's for those who have played a Dead by Daylight or a Friday the 13th, it is very much like that. It is an asymmetrical survival horror game, and it's developed by Sumo Nottingham. And I thought when I was looking at this, at uh, who developed it, I thought it was the same people that developed Friday the 13th, but that is not the case. Oh, I thought it was too. It's the same publisher, but it's a different developer. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so this developer, Sue Nottingham, developed Little Big Planet 3, Crackdown 3, and some of the Sonic Racing games. They're kind of a an interesting bag from them, but they've also co-developed some popular games like Hitman, Hitman 2, the most recent ones, Hogwarts Legacy, and even Call of Duty Vanguard. So they've kind of they at least helped you know, develop on some some pretty big titles. And yeah, I thought it was interesting that Friday the 13th was a completely separate developer. So it's kind of sad that their game's shutting down and, you know, the the the, stu the the publisher opted to go with a new developer for this new game. Yeah. Uh, but this game features four victims and they are characters from the movies of... Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and they're attempting to escape the family of cannibals before they catch and kill them. So, there are four user-controlled survivors, 
And then there's three user-controlled members of the family or the cannibals that are going to be killing them. And each time when you are the cannibal side or you're the family side, one of them has to be Leatherface. So you could pick between. There are five characters for the family side, and it's Leatherface, one called The Cook, The Hitchhiker, Johnny, and then Sissy. So these are all, a lot of these are very popular characters from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. Some I actually just read that they are voiced by people who took part in the movies, which is pretty cool that yeah. they actually get some of the voice actors to do this. Or some of like just the actors, period. Um, so essentially, the premise revolves around Anna Flores and her college friends who go searching for their missing sister Maria near Newt, Texas. Very much follows the story of, of some of the Texas Chainsaw movies. The group is ultimately captured by the Slaughter families, what they're called. Uh, a group of cannibal maniacs. And then gameplay-wise, players begin the match by taking on the role either of a family member or a victim, like I said, with a total of three family members, four victims, for a total of seven players in a match. A match is set on one of three maps, the Slaughter Family House, Gas Station, and then a Slaughterhouse. So there's only three maps, but they put in, like, it's just, they're all so complex, the games feel fresh every time, even if there are only three maps right now. And so each map has a day and night variation, and then all the victims, as I said, have to have to go against Leatherface, of course, as one of the as one of the family members. So the victims, they start by being in restraints. Leatherface has been in the basement. He is whoever the person there's like five uh, playable survivors and whoever the survivor that isn't picked is the one where it shows at the beginning of the match that Leatherface has already hung them up and cut them up. So it shows him like doing that right before the match starts. And so all the victims are shown tied up like they're about to be cut up, but they all all of them get loose and then they start running around. That's when the match begins. Once you get loose from your ties. And basically the premise of the game is the victims want to escape the property. The three killers want to take out all of the survivors before they escape the property. You do that essentially, you know, the, the victims do that by gathering supplies throughout their run. Like they can get little lock picks to start picking doors and like picking doors like as skill checks and it takes time. And so they're trying to get out of the basement first and then off the property second. So they have to get it's a lot of like collecting, but it's also avoiding all of the all of the killers that are running around trying to find you at the same time. And while the survivors, while they're trying to find stuff to get them out, a lot of picks and turning off like power generators to shut off like electricity that's keeping them keeping the doors from opening or whatever. The killers are while obviously they're trying to hunt them, they're also trying to feed grandpa who is sitting in his chair during the during the entire match. So there's a grandpa who just sits in his rocking chair and he has his own powers that you can get. You feed him blood 
from when you're when you smack the victims, they gather you gather blood. The the killers do, and you feed that blood to the grandpa, and the grandpa does this big loud shout, and he can like locate where the survivors are with his power of like shouting. It's the it's the funniest thing ever. <laughs> but like the survivors can go and mess with grandpa and hit him and like and like disorient him, so like he can't use his power. But like the more blood the killers feed grandpa the more times so he'll, he'll do that bellowing that makes it so he can locate the survivors so there's a kind of a little bit of a layer in there as well it's also a lot of like dead by daylight s stuff like there's a lot of like like crawling through crawl spaces going through tight corners that the killers can't go through so you can escape them if you are getting chased but the killers can also set traps the you know Leatherface can like completely use his chainsaw to destroy little things that that per little crawl spaces or like little areas that crevices that the the survivors can go through to make it easy to get away from them. So yeah, there's a there's a ton of layers too. Well, there's only three maps. It's it's very detailed. There's a ton of stuff going on during that time. It gets really nerve wracking, but it's fun with your friends to be, you know, all four of you being like, all right, I got this door open. I got this door open. All right, we can go through this way. If you could find where I'm at, I got this door open. We are we can get outside. But when you're just getting out, the basement is like the first like challenge. You, you still got to get off the property, which is its own set of challenges. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a very big game of hide and seek, but a, a really fun game. And it's it's been a lot of fun uh, to play with my friends. And it's nice because Dead by Daylight, there's only one killer and you can't have, you know, so sometimes my friends and I want to play killer on Dead by Daylight before this game came out. But we're like, well, dang, we can't play together because there's only one killer. But with this, like if we want to play killer, you can play with up to three people. So it's kind of a fun layer to have three of us like my buddy. My buddy was uh, I was Leatherface and one of my other buddies was like luring this guy to me. And once this guy opened the door, I just come through the chainsaw and just start revving the crap out of him. And it's like the it's the greatest feeling when your teammate sets you up for an easy kill. Yeah. So is it pretty good with the matchmaking to where if you're in a group of friends, it will put all of you either on the killer's team or on the survivor's team? Yeah, you before you even queue, you have to queue for either survivor or killer. So you're always going to be whatever you queue as. Okay. And your friends are always going to be on your team. Nice. Yeah, it's a whole matchmaking system very well put together. Excellent. All right, so there's been a lot of these asymmetrical horror games. There even was a Resident Evil one, but I heard that was terrible. I never played it. Did you ever try that? The reverse or whatever? No, I watched Twitch streams on it, and it didn't. And, you know, it, it looked like a good idea, but just didn't hit the mark. I don't think. Yeah, it looks super jank to me when I watch some gameplay mm -hmm. footage, uh, which is unfortunate. But uh, Dead by Daylight is obviously like the longest running one that yeah. probably has the biggest uh, player base. But have you played any other asymmetrical horror games? Have you played Friday the 13th? Have you played the Evil Dead game? Have you played? There's even some like lesser known indie one indie ones like one called i think white noise uh mm. and a few others have you played any other ones other than the texas chainsaw massacre and dead by daylight i've played uh the the uh what was the one that you said there was friday 13th and the, uh, the evil dead game I, I do own the evil dead game and i have played that quite a bit 
That is fun, but it's a little bit even more different from both Texas Chainsaw and uh, Dead by Daylight. In Evil Dead, one guy is kind of the killer, I guess you could say, is kind of like plain, like, like he's like kind of like God almost, like where he's like sending things like into you and then he's building up and getting more powerful and just kind of like just sending stuff at you and having all these powers at his arsenal, but he's not really like a an actual killer that's coming in like running and coming to get you. Hmm. Like he can like take he can possess like vehicles if you're in a vehicle and run you off the road or something. Or he can like just keep sending mobs of enemies at you or take control of one of your of one of your teammates and start basically team killing. So it's more like he's it it's not as exactly the same, but it, it is a pretty cool layer as well. And it does it also is that four V one style though. I've been meaning to try that one because out of all these franchises, Evil Dead is near and dear to my heart and probably my favorite. I love Friday the 13th. I love the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, but yeah, the Evil Dead one. Even if that's like just a good game and not a great game, I still need to check it out. Did you ever play... It was not around for very long, but it was hyped like crazy. It was called Evolve. Yeah, I wanted to play that so bad, and I just I never did. But that looks kind so of a similar. Cool. Did you play Evolve? No, I never played it. I think it by the time I even got around to it, like it was just dead. Like it, it seemed like it came and went real quick. Yeah, which is very interesting to me because Evolve seemed like it had the coolest concept because you're like humans facing a giant like Godzilla monster that's evolving yeah. and getting stronger. And that's the first game I can think of that had an asynchronous multiplayer. And uh, and then, yeah, that one fizzled so quick, so I'm surprised that all these other development studios gave gave a try at asynchronous multiplayer and had more success. Because I would have thought Evolve out of all of them would have been the best one. I would love to go back and play that, but I just don't think there's any way you can anymore. I think it's all been shut down, which is another reason why... Um, these online only games drive me nuts and uh, they should be designed to where even if they shut down the servers, if some people want to play LAN, mm-hmm. they should be able to. It shouldn't be the death of the game. All that hard work of developing that game over years and then just now nobody will ever be able to play it again. Right. It, it reminds me more of Evil Dead with that, that the monsters continually getting stronger as the game progresses and then evil dead the person who's the 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 power of the killer whatever you want to call it uh gains levels as he as basically as he does more damage to the survivors or as the game goes on he gains more level as well and gets more powerful to the point where my friends and i never win that one because i feel like the the killer person gets way too powerful we can't we can't handle it (laughs) All right, well, speaking of Dead by Daylight, I know you're a fan of that game, and I know that they've released like a bajillion DLCs to keep adding different killers to the game. Yep. And um, I've got this list pulled up. It says there are currently 33 playable killers in Dead by Daylight. Many of them like specifically made up for the game but also many of them are from well-known franchises including Leatherface from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre so it is interesting that he now has his own standalone game 
but he's also in Dead by Daylight. They also have Michael Myers, uh, Freddy Krueger, Amanda Young, aka the pig from Saw. Uh, who else do they have? They got Ghostface from Scream. They've got the Demogorgon from Stranger Things. Stranger Things, which that's I think that's cool. They got that one in there. They got Pyramid Head from Silent Hill, which is I am baffled that they were able to get the rights to that. And they've got Nemesis from Resident Evil. They've got Pinhead from Hellraiser. Uh, how, do you, how do you pronounce this? Onryu? I, I think Onry, Onryu. Yeah, that Onryo sounds right. from The Ring, right? Yep, from The Ring. And then they've got Albert Wesker from Resident Evil. And the most recent most edition. What was it? Yeah, I was going to say most recently. <laughs> yeah, and most recently they just added the Xenomorph, a.k.a. the Alien from the Aliens franchise, which is totally awesome. My buddies and I played against that last night because we were very curious because they just released it, and man, that thing kicked our butt. <laughs> Seems very powerful and very a very good killer. Nice. So have you been playing Dead by Daylight since the beginning, like before they released any DLC, or when did you give this game a try for the first time i think i want to i joined and started playing right when they had the demigorgon that's probably it looks like this is in the list of how many of this list that uh you and i are looking at is in order of when they came out oh. so basically i think halfway through is when i started playing okay. or i guess halfway through the list of killers yeah demigorgons when i started and i think oni came right after Okay. Um, so, quite two questions. A, are all of these killers still in the game? Like, have they managed to maintain the license for all these ones they added that are not original to the game? The only one that's... So they're all still in the game, but you can no longer, from my understanding, you can no longer purchase Demigorgon or any of the Stranger Things DLC because they actually have some of the survivors... Some of the survivors are uh, Stranger Things characters as well. Um, so you, but if you purchase it already, it's one of those scenarios where you can still play it, and but you can't buy it. So it's still in the game, but it's, if you don't own it, you can't use it. Yeah, that's interesting. It, it, the Stranger Things property seems like, I don't know, like it's it's always time stuff. Because I remember they released like a. A free VR Stranger Things experience where you basically just walk through the house and then face a demigorgon at the end. And that was taken offline. And I, I didn't know why. I was like, why wouldn't they just keep that up? Why would that be like some... Again, yeah. it goes back to why put all this work into something just to take it down so nobody can ever experience it again. But that's the and second we... occurrence I know of related to Stranger Things of a video game just being now now unavailable yeah because nancy wheeler and steve harrington two of the characters stranger things were the survivors uh that they that they have available they actually have some other cool survivors like they just released nicholas cage as a survivor nice which i think is just we were hoping nicholas cage would be a killer which i think would be even cooler you know but um and then they've got like a lot of the silent hill 2 characters that are also um survivors um that's yeah, interesting that's, i didn't 
I didn't even think about that. I'm, I'm so fixated on the killers, I didn't realize that they brought in characters from these franchises to be the survivors, too, because it looks like they brought in Ellen Ripley from Aliens as well. Although she A lot of these are like... Nothing like Sigourney Weaver, <laughs> so maybe they couldn't get her likeness. They could get the character, but not Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, they all come in like DLC packs. So like a lot of these DLC packs come with both the killer that they have and then survivor characters as well. And they all have their own traits so that you can use on these characters. Hmm. Interesting. Well, hopefully they can maintain the licenses for all these characters and... Um question do you have all the dlc have you bought in everything no oh no no it's just too much man that's just too much money and honestly you get you get just as good of an experience with i mean you don't have to get the dlc characters even though like sometimes their perks are really good and you want those perks to like use for a character and essentially with any of these characters you can mix and match perks so like you you can play as nancy wheeler but you can use a cheryl mason for example perk on nancy wheeler so while each character has their own set of perks they can be shared between any of the survivors so you can mix and match them interesting so just looking at the steam page so right now i just realized the game is on is free to play for the weekend 50 percent off too yeah, which is nice. Which I have I played this game very, very briefly years ago. This came out a while ago, didn't it? 2016? Yeah, quite a while ago. Yeah, so I, I think I played it like 2017 on another free weekend. And uh, yeah, so they've got... Right now it's on sale half off for 10 bucks. So yeah, the base game's pretty cheap. But the Resident Evil collaboration bundle is $25 by itself on sale. Otherwise, it's $44. And then the because si- of the base game, base game plus those characters, obviously. Oh, so that's the, oh, I see. It's the base game and that. Okay, I thought that was just for the DLC. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, and then they've got a, a, a similar bundle with the Silent Hill stuff, which is typically $60, but right now it's 29 So, yeah, I'm just curious to see, like, how much the killer packs are so the alien chapter pack that they just released at 12 bucks nicholas cage chapter pack is 10 bucks so does it like come with more than just him is that like a whole level to go along with it uh no the levels are all free they're the levels are just basically add-ons to the game itself uh i want to say like a lot of them come like packaged with killer survivor and maybe like i don't know maybe some like skins for the character as well maybe Okay, it's throwing me off because they're calling them chapters, which makes me feel like they've got some. So chapters are kind of level. like they're like seasons, like you know, like a Fortnite season. That's basically okay. like their chapters. But like you can have skins for characters too, because obviously you got to monetize the hell out of everything. So while Cheryl Mason is a playable character who is the main character of Silent Hill Three, they actually just released skins for her and you can change her out to look like james sunderland from silent hill 2 or maria from silent hill 2 and i think maybe like one other 
person. But um, but that costs real money as well. <laughs> so it looks like the DLCs went on sale range anywhere from two dollars oh excuse me yeah two dollars and fifty cents to uh about 12 bucks for the most recent alien one that came out and then there's killer expansion pack yeah that's all their non-licensed ones i believe okay that's what it looks like it says it comes with 11 killers yeah Okay, and that's eighteen bucks. So. Yeah, if catching on sale, I think that's not not too bad. But yeah, with all that DLC, I think I think it would add up to quite a bit because apparently it's saying there's forty individual DLC items. Holy yeah, crud. I think the only ones I've purchased are the Silent Hill bundle because I really wanted Cheryl and the Executioner or Pyramid Head. Um, yeah since I'm a, I'm a big fan of that franchise. But I'm also like debating on possibly moving over to Steam. I currently play on Xbox Game Pass. And sometimes that game with Game Pass and playing with my friends does not jive together for whatever reason. It is backward. It is like cross-play, cross-platform. So you can play with people that are on Steam, which is which is fine. But I also I have to use my regular gamer tag on Xbox too. And I kind of want to use my Steam name, which is the Hills Are Silent Podcast. And to do a little marketing when I'm playing Dead by Daylight, people can click my profile, which has our link tree in it, and can go check out the Hills Are Silent Podcast. For sure, man. That's our demographic right there. Our demographic. Exactly. So it's like, I kind of want to move over to, to Steam, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, so now that they're shutting down the friday 13th game i think that they should add freddy to or not freddy um jason jason to the killer list because they already have they got leatherface they have freddy they've got michael myers they really are just missing jason to like really round off those classic slasher killers and yeah I, definitely I suspect the only reason why they don't already have Jason is probably because there was a standalone Friday the 13th game that's directly competing with them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they probably weren't able to get the license because of that. But anyway... It's only a matter of time. It'll, once next, Sometime next year, I bet, uh, once obviously the server shut down on that game, it he's, he's coming. It's time. He's a, he's a free agent at that point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Due for a big contract. All right, so you and I thought it'd be fun to go over some characters that Dead by Daylight should license because they have a great list here, but they could always add more. So we compiled the list, and first and foremost, the most obvious to me is they just added the Xenomorph, the alien. Where's the Predator? Now, although they did there there was a Predator asynchronous multiplayer game that was released not all that long ago. Do you remember that? Really? I yeah, it was like that. Predator Hunting Grounds or something. Oh yeah. I don't think it did very well. But. I don't think it did either. Um they gave it away for free on PlayStation Plus, so if the servers are still up, 
I need to check that out before nobody's playing it anymore and the server gets, servers get shut down, and we also need to check out Friday the 13th. I have still seen people, even with uh, Texas Chainsaw coming out, still playing Friday the 13th, so... I think, you know, they like... I think they like both for different reasons. Yeah, man. Variety, spice of life, but... uh That's right. It could be a similar situation with the Predator where because there was its own standalone game, they weren't able to get the license, or maybe that's coming down, down the pipeline. Maybe that's what they have queued up as their next killer. All right, so the next one, I don't know if, I can't remember if, if you suggested this one or if I suggested this one, but It, or The Clown from Stephen King's It. Yep. I mean, come they on, man. That, that made a huge resurgence with the recent films, like, that would be great to add. And I think you could make a really creepy level around the it theme. They do have a clown in Dead by Daylight, but he does not look anything like the it clown. And they do have sort of like a level based around clown, but it's also not very cool compared to what they could do with the it property. Yeah. Yeah. The clown they already have. He's creepy looking. He's more like John Wayne Gacy clown. clown than he is <laughs> supernatural it clown. <laughs> well, like his like powers are, I guess, like his like killer perks is like he like has this like, I don't even know, like potion concoction that he always is like swirling around and he chucks it and like it makes the survivors cough and slow down. And so he can like cl close the distance in and then like stab him with his knife so i mean Duh. kind of interesting but yeah i feel like they could do a lot with the it property yeah all right so next up is the creeper from jeepers creepers i mean come on that would be perfect he's a big menacing monster yeah that would be perfect and uh yeah i just think he totally fits the dead by daylight universe and uh, what I find interesting about this guy is his look has changed like in every movie. I remember from the first movie to the second movie, he got like way creepier looking in the second movie. And then after that, he got like more bat like over time, almost looking. But I've got this cool. Well, there picture. you go. They even have ways they can license new skins for him. as Exactly. Well. I mean, they, they can monetize the crap out of that. Do any of the other killers have multiple skins or just the yes. survivors? All of them have multiple skins. <laughs> Dang. Yep. But yeah, I got this real creepy picture I found online of the Jeepers Creepers guy with his head. His head does open up, which is just, man, that was a magnificent creature design. Whoever made this, this monster makeup for this movie. Uh, next up is The Nun, which is really popular right now from the the conjuring series of films you could have a, a good level around the nun based in a creepy cathedral oh that would be cool they actually have a raccoon city in dead by daylight as one of the levels for uh, nemesis which is pretty cool nice man you're really making me want to play some dead by daylight it's, it's on free play this weekend uh, wait and you said it's on game pass right yep so and I think I got it for free on PlayStation Plus. So I got like a million ways to play this. I have no excuse not to be playing this. 
All right, next up is my personal pick, which is Pumpkinhead from the old Pumpkinhead movies. Now, those movies were not really that great, but Pumpkinhead is just such a unique, iconic monster design. And again, he's huge and menacing. So I think it would be perfect to, to have as a killer in Dead by Daylight. But if you don't know what Pumpkinhead looks like and you're not watching this in the video form, you're just listening to it, look it up. It is like the coolest creature design ever. That would be a great like Halloween like introduction for their like, you know, Halloween event or whatever they do during that time. Like that'd be good. Yeah. All right, and one you suggested was Ruvik? Ruvik. Yeah, I try I wanted to find like a video another video game property, but man, like that's kind of hard to do. There's we were kind of saying there's not a lot of like video game properties that have real intimidating menacing like bosses or villains unlike uh, what they already have in silent hill and resident evil yeah yeah you're right i when, when you and i were brainstorming i just really couldn't come up with anything so yeah I they, they could do crossover with, with silent hill and resident evil yeah. but yeah i don't know if you guys if there's something obvious we're not thinking of let us know man uh, i feel like there should be yeah, I, I I like the Evil Within one quite a bit, and Rubik is pretty creepy. Uh, I don't know what they could do with them, though, but I doubt it. I think it's too niche of a, <laughs> yeah, of a video he, game though, for them to really be like, yeah, bring that property in. Yeah, very niche. I don't... Like, when you told me about him, I, I beat the Evil Within one, but I didn't even remember who the main villain was. When you're like, Rubik, I couldn't even picture him in my head. So, and he definitely... I don't think he was in the second game, was he? <laughs> Evil Within 2? No, he wasn't. Hey, because of that, he's probably cheap to license, so maybe they could get him easily. Yeah, there we go. All right, so uh, the last one, which I don't have a picture of, is Chucky, which I think you said one of your buddies suggested, which, of course, I mean, they've got, again, they've got all the main slasher icons. Where's Chucky? And with them, they already have, like, I don't know if the technology is the word, but they already have something similar in the game that they could like utilize. They have a thing. I don't know what the killer is called. I can't remember. Uh, it might be like the orphan or some crap like that. I can't remember what they call that killer. But um, there's one killer that has like a little baby with them and they can drop the baby and that and like the baby will they can take control of the baby and it'll just like sprint around like crazy kind of like chucky does and it'll jump on a survivor and that survivor has to like beat the crap out of this little like baby thing and like tear it off them and then you know that's just a way to slow down the survivor so that the killer can kind of gain ground on them yeah i think that'd be spooky because unlike the big monsters you wouldn't really see chucky coming no. until he's like snuck right up on you and you're like oh geez where yeah, did you come from Ghostface or um, Scream scares me the most of like any killer because he is the literal stealthy killer in that game where he he just creeps around corners and you can't you can usually your heartbeat gets louder if you hear the killer coming but he has more perks that keeps him silent so he'll just come out of nowhere and just stab the crap out of you and people all our friends are just screaming and jumping and sprinting away in every direction so it's it's pretty fun 
All right, well, that's our list, AKA suggestions of killers to add to Dead by Daylight. Uh, episodes running pretty long, but we've got two more topics we really want to cover. So I think we're going to go ahead and crank them out. First being, I don't know if you haven't heard the news yet or not, everybody, but another price hike. I mean, we've got all the streaming services raising their prices and uh, Xbox Game Pass just raised their price. And then now the next person in line is PlayStation Plus gets a, as I quote, significant price increase next week. So this article reads, Today Sony announced the next slate of monthly games for the month of September. It also revealed that each subscription tier of PlayStation Plus is getting a significant price bump. So um, on September 6th, 12-month subscriptions for PlayStation Plus Essential, Extra, and Premium will be raised to the following prices. Essential will go from $59.99 to $79.99. So that is a $20 price increase. Extra is going from $99.99 to $134.99. That's a $35 price increase. And then Premium is going from $119.99 to $159.99, which is a $40 price increase. So this is not just them raising it by five, 10 bucks, but I mean, granted this is for a year subscription. So you divide that by 12 months, it doesn't sound as crazy. I mean, 80 bucks divided by 12 months. Don't make me do that math, but <laughs> it's uh, less than 10 bucks a month. Like, compare it to, like, Nintendo's online service. And, like, don't get me wrong. Nintendo's online service is pretty crappy. Like, playing games with people. They're very behind the times. But they do give you some other benefits, like their catalog of N64, Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, Super Nintendo, regular Nintendo, Sega. They give you all those, like, games that they have in that catalog. And I think that's only, like, $20 a year. Maybe 30 at the most. So, I mean... Yeah, and I remember when PlayStation Online, I think, was $50 a month. So they had already had one price increase since the days of PlayStation 3. Now, I don't... It's only recently that they've split this into three different memberships. It used to just be PlayStation Plus, and there's just Very one recent. tier. Now there's three tiers, and I remember when they first brought this up, or they first announced this, it just none of it really like appealed to me. I was... I was like, just give me the cheapest one. I just want to play online and get my free monthly games. That's all I care about. So just a reminder to everybody what these tiers are now. So the, the cheapest one, the essential plan, is you get your monthly, your free monthly games, you get your online multiplayer, and you get some exclusive discounts in the PlayStation Store. Uh, it also includes share play, whatever that is, game help, cloud storage and exclusive content with whatever that means they're not really like <laughs> very descriptive on what those mean um really but anyway sell it over there the next tier the extra you get all the great benefits included in the playstation plus essentials plan as well as access to the game catalog featuring hundreds of games from genre defining blockbusters to innovate in to innovative indies with new titles added regularly so you you basically get access to a game library, kind of like um, this is them trying to do a Game Pass model. Yeah, pretty much. So you get a game catalog, and then you get also get Ubisoft Plus Classics. 
So it sounds like in addition to the game library they're offering, you also get a library of Ubisoft games. Yeah, I'm guessing it's like how Game Pass does with EA games. Like they partner with EA and you get all of their EA Play games included in Game Pass. I'd like to know the game catalog. I know, I wish they would like easily show you I guess you can, there's an all games at the top, but I don't know if that, it'll tell you which ones are wit for which, but. Uh, all right, let me, I'm trying to see if I can find the list. I think that, I think they would want to have that front and center to kind of. Well, there's the overview where you're at, right? If you scroll all the way to the top, there is an all games A to Z. Okay. Where but they see? don't organize the games. I see. Yeah. Okay. I think that's what I was just looking at. I think I ended up on that same page through a Google search. Okay. Uh, next adventure waits. I mean, not surprisingly, it's, it's a lot of stuff published by Sony. And, uh, of course, I, it looks like they're mixing in the, the Ubisoft games in here, too, because I see Assassin's Creed. Uh, it's a lot. It is, it is a, a lot. lot. But is this like a cloud service, or is this like actually you can download it to your console? I believe it is like a download to your console sort yeah. of service. If that's the case, then it's actually a good deal, because this is a lot of freaking games. Yeah, but I'm, I'm wondering, though... If this game's because there there is a there's another tier that we there is that extra tier, but there's also the essential tier. I, I wonder what they hide through that one instead of. OK, like how many you get compared to it? <laughs> OK, yeah. So the next one up is the premium PlayStation okay. Plus premium, uh, which includes all the benefits from before as well as game trials for newer games, I'm, I'm assuming, or maybe other games, and also cloud streaming. So I think the premium... Okay, so I'm assuming you're right. Assuming the game catalog and the extras is you actually being able to download them, and then the premium is the one that also includes cloud streaming. But, uh, again, I would like to know the list of... Uh, to those but i do know that it also says that you get playstation classics to play which is like psp games ps1 games ps2 games which is pretty cool and ps3 yeah, games cool. and then the cloud streaming enjoy streaming access to a wide range of playstation 4 games from the game catalog and hundreds of playstation 3 playstation 2 games and more from the classic catalog so it, the website's just kind of confusing. I just want to know, like, what has to be streamed, what's included, what's streaming only that I have to go through the premium, and then what's mm -hmm. what's just the, the games that I can do with the, the medium tier, the extra tier. It's not a very clear explanation of that. If you scroll, I don't even know where you're at, actually. In the overview, you can, the overview section, you can, like, scroll down and hit, like, I wonder if this will okay these their site just sucks never mind don't worry about it 
yeah, it's just not very straightforward on what's what. Anyway. Okay, yeah, there's I see month, monthly games, game catalog, classic yeah, games. Yeah, and you can click some of those and they'll show you them, but man, they just it's kind of just rough looking at like going through all these. Yeah, it's just all over the place. I just want the list, man. Just give me the list. Yeah, I don't need to see like I don't need to click a button to see every like picture of yeah. Every game. I mean, even with the price hikes, I guess say it's not that bad of a deal because the the extra it it was a real good deal before the price hikes because the extra is a hundred bucks a year, which again is less than ten bucks a month, and you could just buy your PlayStation Four, or your PlayStation Five, and then just go with the extra, and then for a hundred bucks a year, you basically have access to tons and tons of games. Yeah. So then, if you're not like me and you don't care about actually physically owning the game or even digitally owning the game permanently because this you lose access to it as soon as you stop paying a subscription if you're just like somebody who's like hey i just want the console i want to play pay one flat fee and just give me a bunch of games to play i don't care because which is which is great i mean we definitely are living in the future with game pass and even with this service where yeah you can pay 10 bucks a month well now it's going to go up to like I don't know, ten dollars and fifty cents a month if you get the extra tier. Um, but even then, that's a good deal because you think about it. A brand new game these days is like seventy bucks. So for a game and a half, you can have access to a massive library, and it is a beautiful thing to be able to sit back on your couch and just be like, "What do I want to play today?" And instead of looking at a small library of games that you may actually own because they're so expensive to purchase, you just open up. Just like Netflix, just open it up. Got 150 games at my fingertips. What am I in the mood to play today? I mean, it's, it is really amazing if you think about it. Game Pass, just, this service, any other service that's like a games on demand where you're just paying a subscription fee to a huge, huge library. For very and, cheap. Uh, it is relatively yeah, it, cheap. They're all about 10, 15 bucks a month, which, um, yeah, it's incredible, man. We're living in the future. We are spoiled, spoiled, spoiled. And just like Netflix, you take an hour to figure out what to play instead of... Uh... <laughs> and then you fall asleep and don't play anything. That's my problem. Every time I open up Game Pass, I'm like, by the time I find something and start to download, I'm like, I'm out, man. Yep. Uh, that's why it's great talking to you or other people who can just recommend something good to me. So I can be like, man, I'd rather somebody just be like... Play- Play this next instead of me yes. having to sift through 200 games to figure out what I'm in the mood for and then really think about it. All right. Very last topic. Anything else you want to cover on this? No. I, I mean, I, I prefer Game Pass just because I like that the new, the Xbox new games, like next week Starfield comes out. I get Starfield the day it comes out. It doesn't yeah. happen with the that PlayStation service with their PlayStation games, so... I think that's kind of one of the big differences why I, I really love Game Pass. Um, but I think you can't go wrong with any option. If you have PlayStation or Xbox, yeah, having these services where you could have a Netflix-type library is awesome. Wish I had it when I was a kid. Absolutely, man. That's what I'm saying. We are living in the golden age. And uh, mm-hmm. even though it's not as good as Game Pass, Sony's Sony is catching up. And Game Pass is amazing. So even if you're not as good as Game Pass, you, you can still be good. Absolutely. Uh, all right, so this last topic, um, a few episodes back we talked about there was a big company that bought up just tons and tons 
of game studios as fast as they possibly could to spend a ton of money on acquisitions. Then, of course, they got a little overambitious. And uh, I think they were relying, what they were relying on an investment that didn't come through. Yes, they're relying on an investment that would have given them rights to use the Lord of the Rings property that they were going to market the crap out of with, with games, essentially, when yeah. it fell through. No, but I think, I thought the company was getting like some billion dollar outside investment. And then they basically, I don't know, the oh, story okay. sounded like Maybe. that they were expecting some huge investment. And they jumped the gun and were overambitious and started basically buying stuff before the check cleared. And then <laughs> when the check didn't clear, all of a sudden they're like, oh, man, we can't afford to keep all this stuff and keep it running. So uh, what was it? Was it what was the name of the company? Embracer Group? It, was that- Embracer Group. Yes. OK, yeah. So anyway, they bought up tons of games studios and then. I guess an investment deal fell through. I don't know. Somebody can correct me if, if I'm wrong about that. My memory's not that great. So the concern okay, was... I've, I've got the, uh, the... It says the company, which spent several years snapping up a wealth of gaming studios and the rights to many noble franchises, noted that a long-in-the-works $2 billion investment opportunity vanished at the 11th hour. So that's what I thought. Axios recently reported that the Saudi government-funded Savvy Games Group, which is the Lord of the Rings prop, they have the Lord of the Rings property, uh, had a verbal agreement before the deal fell apart. Dude, don't spend your money before the check clears. Life lesson right there. And uh, even more beyond that, when the check does clear, don't spend that money. (laughs) Save it or invest it. Uh, anyway, financial advice, podcast, uh, another financial advice podcast. In the yeah. Works here. <laughs> financial advice aside, um, the, the thing was after that deal fell through, now they have to sell a bunch of these studios or close them down, or they just can't afford to keep all these operating. So, it, and they, they bought up a lot of studios, but it was unclear which ones would get shut down. Well, just recently Volition Games released a statement saying that they're one of the victims of this and they're getting shut down. So this is what they posted. The Volition team has proudly created world-class entertainment for fans around the globe for 30 years. We've been driven by a passion for our community and always worked to deliver joy, surprise, and delight. This past June, Embracer Group announced a restructuring program, aka they're laying a bunch of people off, to strengthen Embracer, that wasn't in this quote. I just said that on the side for the listeners. Yeah. But to strengthen Embracer and maintain its position as a leader in the video game industry, as part of that program, they evaluated strategic and operational goals and made the difficult decision to close Volition effective immediately. Wow, this is a bunch of PR, uh, just bull crap, man. I mean, oh my god. And from what I was reading before this statement came out uh, employees of volition were posting on twitter that they were getting laid off and the studio was shutting down before yeah before this came which that that does tend to happen yeah anyway to finish this out to help our team we are working to provide job assistance and help smooth the transition for our volition family members we thank our customers and fans around the world for all the love and support over the years you will always be in our hearts volition games 
it's just when I read these statements, I'm like, come on, man, just keep it real. Be like, hey, the people who bought us out messed up and now they can't afford to keep us. So they're laying off everybody at the company because of their mistake. Like, that's the not so nice version of this, but the yeah, more truthful version truth. of this. Mm -hmm. So Volition, they've created a lot of great games over the years. And as that statement mentioned, they've been creating games for 30 years. So their first game that they released, they were actually known as Parallax Software back then, was Descent. And that was a pretty awesome like free-roaming shooter. Then they followed it up with Descent 2 in 96. Then they rebranded as Volition. And they released another Descent game. They released Free Space Summoner, which is an RPG on PlayStation 2 that I see at used game stores all the time. And I've almost picked it up a bunch of times, but just, I don't know, never pulled the trigger on it. They released Red Faction, which I beat that on PlayStation 2, and I couldn't stand that game. I do not recommend it at all. <laughs> it's terrible. It's uh. uh Then they released Summoner 2. Then they re released Red Faction 2, which I never played. Then they released The Punisher, which I heard was a good game. I've been meaning to play that one. Then they released the first Saints Row, Saints Row 2, Red, Red Faction Guerrilla, which actually is an amazing game, and I recommend that to everybody. Then they I released love those Red Saints Row games, man. Yeah. Then I released Red. Then they released Red Faction Armageddon, which I never played. Then they released Saints Row the Third, which I beat that. That was good. Saints Row the Fourth. I think you and I played through some of that. That's uh, kind of when the Saints Row started going a little bit downhill compared to uh, the first three. Yeah, it got crazy then. Uh, basically, like you become Superman. It yeah. goes from the the series went from like a Grand Theft Auto clone to all of a sudden like a superhero game. Saints Row One was literally all about gang violence, and that was what it was. There was a whole game mode online called Protect the Pimp, where you literally have to protect one pimp who is like, I guess <laughs> if he dies, you lose the round. Man, that game is totally a product product of its time because that came out in 2006 there's no way that that would fly in today's game no. world the funny well the craziest part is that the pimp had a big giant hand and he could smack the crap out of anybody in one hit kill them during the game Dang. which is just insane that to me yeah and would never jive with today's age that's hilarious saints row one and two so many of my friends told me those were great games. Those are like those two games. There were two games that I regret not playing when they were in their heyday. Yeah, good times online, man. We played those to like the wee hours of the morning. To, shout out to my dad for letting me have that. He was very close to not letting me have that with the amount of uh, rated R and literally everything that you can or rated M for mature and like everything that you could have for an m-rated game this game had it <laughs> <laughs> that esrb tag on the back was just a long laundry list of yep everything offensive yep. in the game gambling drugs violence sex blood you you name it man it had it awesome but that's how games were man like the the early 2000s everything was trying to push the boundaries and just be like the most offensive raunchy just violent it could possibly be good era good era to grow up through i'll, I'll tell you that and we i grew up, up to be i grew up to be a responsible well-adjusted adult so obviously 
it did not have a negative impact on who I am exactly. playing all those games. So lastly, they released Agents of Mayhem, which did I not think do well. was a was a failure, and then Saints Row, the reboot, which was not criti- well critically received. So I think that also may have been the nail in the coffin in the studio. So yeah, for like the past five years, they just they haven't managed to to, to release a hit, unfortunately, because they've they've got some great stuff in their back catalog. Mm-hmm. But a Speaking of the Saints Row reboot, that is this month's free game on PlayStation Plus. So I guess as a farewell to Volition, everybody can enjoy the last game they released as a free game on PlayStation Plus. I will claim it, but will I ever play it? Probably not. You really got me... Wanting to go back and play Saints Row One and Two because I have those for Xbox 360. And uh, the campaigns, like aside from the multiplayer, very solid campaigns for its time, for sure. Yeah, man, I wonder if anyone's still online on the multiplayer because uh, sounds like it's pretty sweet. If it's backwards compatible on the Xbox Series X, then likely somebody's playing it. Yeah, that'd be interesting to find out. I'm curious. Uh, Saints Row backwards compatible. I bet it is. Uh, according to this Reddit post, the second one is. Okay. And then what about the first one? Here's like the main list. Saints Row 1 and 2. Yep. All right, man. I might have to redeem another uh, free Xbox games with gold voucher that I still have and then hop on Saints Row 1 and 2 just to mess around in it. Uh, But yeah, man, we've gone way over on time. Who can call any last words about Volition? Nope. Let's close it out. All right. All right, everybody. If you tuned in till the end, we greatly appreciate it. Glad to have you. Glad to, glad to talk with you. So that'll do it for this episode. You can find all our episodes on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Mitch, brrr, close it out. You can find us on our social media accounts. Our Twitter's at the Hills Are Silent. Our Instagram is Instagram backslash Hills Are Silent. Our TikTok is at the Hills Are Silent podcast. YouTube again, at the Hills Are Silent. Questions, comments, anything at all, hit us up our email inbox. We would love to read them during our next pod. Hills Are Silent at gmail.com. We will catch you on the next episode.